Hello, everybody. This is Gary Kay, and you are listening to a very, very special edition of my Rants and Rays podcast. Is I am joined uh, by a or with a industry friend of mine who have been uh, who have known for more than twenty five years, Mike Weems. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm great, Gary. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, so when you and I first met, and by the way, the reason why we have Mike on uh, the podcast today is I want him to share some of his industry history and advice, but congratulations on being awarded the Mackie Barron Distinguished Achievement Award. Uh, that's a, an amazing honor named after a, an, and just a, an individual that put in a, a huge amount of history, helped form our industry, which truly does represent your history. Well, I appreciate that, Gary. I was really shocked when the call came in and uh, really honored as well. So, Well, the first time Thanks I met all those Mike, who helped me along the way. Yeah, first person I first first time I met Mike, uh, he was at Infocus and was teaching at what I, what used to be called the uh, the Petsy Institute, Professional Education Training Committee Institute in Bloomington, Indiana. I think that was the first time I remember at least remember meeting you. Um, and you're with Sony, and this is back in the day we were talking before we started. This is back in the day when Sony had analog cameras and and uh, analog. <laughs> broadcast equipment and projectors took hours to set up and weren't very bright. The whole industry's changed quite a bit. So I want to start there. How, how did you get um, one of the, the big sort of gift you've given the industry is a history of education. So how did that all get started? Did somebody walk up to you one day and say, Hey, we want you to start teaching people or what happened? <laughs> no, not at all. I went to, Sony, went to work for Sony in December of 85 and three weeks under the job, uh, the vice president a guy named Jim Hansen came up to me and said, why don't you go to Bloomington, Indiana, and help uh, two of our other guys teach a course of, on video to a bunch of dealer salespeople from all over the country. So um, that's sort of how it happened, and I get up to class, and of course, in those days, we were using overhead transparencies, and uh, and we were staying up till 2 and 3 in the morning just writing on these transparencies. Sometimes we could type on them, but the, the following year, a guy that you know, because he just <laughs> worked for you most recently, Luke Rawls, and I, the next year, came in with a new Sony computer called the SMC 70. And, uh, I had stayed up a lot of nights and took all those overhead transparencies and put them into graphics using a program called picture drawer. And he figured out how to plug it into one of our three gun projectors. And we did what we think was the first electronic presentation in the classroom. So that was pretty wild and crazy days, but lots of long a, hours. I'm going to take a guess. Was this a Sony 1030, 1040, what projector was that? Do you remember? It was it was one of the first. It was a 1020. It was one of the first. 1020. So, yep, okay. Way back. Way back. VBH. I'm just I'm just trying to impress people that I'm that I actually know that. So that's all I was doing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> back in the day, that literally took us uh, hours to set up those projectors, and they would have specs on them like 600 and 800 ANSI lumens. When we all knew in reality they were like two and 300 ANSI lumens. So. Uh, so it was it was a different industry than it is now. So you went from InFocus. I'm going to quickly go through sort of the history, but I want to come back to Sony. You went from, from InFocus to Sony, NetStream, Sanyo, Harman. You've worked at all these companies in one form or another, ended your career in the industry, retired, uh, semi-retired. We'll talk about that too, um, at Harman. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but tell me, so you having been in the industry over 30 years and seeing all that you saw, can you point to a pivotal moment in the industry where you saw this sea change or is there something that sort of stands out as being sort of a defining moment in your career? Uh, well, we've talked about this before. I think it's when everything went from analog to digital. Um, 
And a guy named Conrad Cofield and I at Sony went over to Japan, Atsugi, Japan, and brought back all the digital stuff and had to train the entire U.S. sales force. And that sort of turned the tide from, uh, you know, having to do some very strange signal processing with analog to help the signal from deteriorating in multiple generations to now you could just go generation after generation after generation with digital and you see no degradation, which led to all the course of the nonlinear-based editing systems we have, all the computer-based graphics and Everything sort of took it off, and the fact that you could all start to network it, I mean, it was uh, pretty amazing times. Is there a product that you can remember when you first saw it and said, I want that in my house or I want that in my office? Is there one product that you just really wanted to have? <laughs> yeah, it was the first Betamax, believe it or not, uh, which then became, of course, into a, a big battle between that and VHS. And then, of course, we came out with uh, the broadcast version of all that stuff, and um uh, and things just sort of took off. Uh, so I had to create an entire broadcast division just to support that line. So how has, um, let's let's turn our attention a little bit to sort of the industry because we've talked a little bit about your history. How has the industry, I mean, I, back in 1985, where was the Infocom show? I know it was, I think it was even called a different name. I think it was Comtex back then maybe. Uh, Comtex or something, Comtech. Com, com, something com. like that. Com Tex, which competed with Com Tex, so we had to change the name to Infocom. Okay, <laughs> and uh, so uh, how big was the show back then? What was it like doing a show like Infocom back then? Uh, you know, we could fit in one hall at the Vegas Convention Center. It wasn't that big, and we didn't even fill up that hall. But, uh, you know, all the big boys were there, Sony, uh, Panasonic, JVC, and, of course, uh, Christy and AMX hadn't even been thought of back then. So uh, it was pretty much a just a camera and projector show and then of course it slowly evolved where it was more of a display show so yeah yeah i agree and and do you remember um you know being at that show and seeing something like in your case at sony you had inside information about what sony was doing but do you remember walking the show floor or just being is there a moment that you remember kind of being blown away or did you was it a gradual change that just sort of shifted right before your very eyes or how'd you feel about that that I think the big change was when we finally got rid of the three gun projectors and started going to LCD and um, the fact that we didn't have to spend like you said all night tweaking a projector turning 29 screws to get uh, the image to converge on the screen so that to me was a, a pretty major thing in terms of just actually being able to stand in front of a classroom and do a presentation without having to stay up all night to get the projector ready so well you know you have uh, I've watched you teach uh, dozens of times, you and I have taught all around the world, literally, uh, for Infocom, now now known as Avixa. We should probably mention that for those young people in the industry who don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> Avixa, is, they still have the Infocom show, of course, Avixa is the association. But um, I've watched you teach. Uh, we've never actually taught a class together, but I've watched you teach a number of times. We served on the committees together. You have this really unique ability to connect with audiences really quickly in other words you n nobody's intimidated by you and everyone feels like you're very approachable and you sit there and answer every question before you move on was that a natural talent you have because i think you have a little bit of an educational history yeah that started out i mean way before uh the sony days that was the first manufacturer i worked for a lot of people at not for for uh, about 18 years before that i was sort of in the education field i was director of the media center at two different universities and then uh ended up teaching at a couple, so I've taught mass comm classes and uh, broadcast courses, and, you know, if you can get across to some sleepy-headed college kids, you can pretty much get it across to an adult, um, but uh, I've learned some little, some gimmicks and some tricks to, to keep the interest going, and, of course, the fact that I was working with usually 
you know, we typically fly in a quarter of a million dollars worth of equipment for some of the Infocom classes. So you got equipment in the room, and they can actually put their hands on it. So that tends to keep things uh, interesting. And is is your favorite thing that you did in the industry, the, the 30 plus years you're in the industry teaching? I would say so. Even when I became a consultant liaison for the last three companies, uh, you're, you're still basically in front of a group doing a lunch and learn or whatever. So you're still teaching, you're informing, you're educating. Sure. Is that how you would recommend, like if you were coming back and talking to someone who's just out of college and getting in this industry, is that what you would tell them to get involved with is the educational side of things? Or, or uh, what kind of advice would you give yourself if you were talking to yourself 30 years ago? I, I don't think I would have done anything differently, and I don't, but I'm not sure if I would give that advice to somebody else. Uh, you know, I, I got into the manufacturing side of things because uh, working for colleges and universities doesn't pay very well, and uh, I uh, rapidly learned that if you wanted to make some money, you needed to go where the, the sales are. That's why I spent uh, 15 years of sales at Sony, but again, I wasn't actually selling the product. We had dealers doing that, but I'm selling the dealers on the product, so... Uh, which, again, took a lot of training and education. So I guess everything I've ever done has been engaged in selling and, and educating, but uh, that's just who I became and who I am. So, um, you, you are great at telling uh, funny, funny stories. You have a ton of stories from uh, times you've been in the industry, not just with uh, the Institute, but also at Infocom shows. I want you to share a couple of them uh, <laughs> with us because uh, over the years you've told us some funny ones. Um, can this you think is a of G-rated audience, right? Yeah, you have to be careful about that. Yeah, yeah. We can't talk about what happens after midnight. But can you can you recall ah, some? Because okay. you know our industry is really truly built on relationships, and the people that are in the industry is what sort of propped this industry up and mm -hmm. kept it going. And a lot of industries can claim that, but in reality, uh, the industry is literally built that way in the sense that you are you're been in the industry long enough that you could literally call probably anyone at these at any of these companies that's exhibiting infocom and probably either know somebody there or have taught somebody who taught them um so we but but so it is all based on the people but uh you know can you think back to sort of a moment that you just still chuckle about today about something that happened happened to you uh, at one of these events yeah, it, it was my very first class. I'm, I'm in the room with two other Sony guys, a guy by the name of Steve Friedman and um, another guy from California. And at the end of the very first break, Steve Friedman stands up in front of the room and goes, kangaroo walks into a bar. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is that? And everybody gets quiet and sits down, thinking he's going to tell a joke. Well, he doesn't. So at the end of every break, he says, kangaroo walks into a bar. And he never tells the joke. <laughs> So finally, on the very last day at the end of class, he tells the joke, and it's so bad, people throw things. But what's happened over the years is after he left, me and Frank Logan, we still told the same joke. And people <laughs> still threw things. And, of course, now I have a large collection of bar jokes that people have sent me from literally all over the world, from Australia, England, you know, Yugoslavia. I'm getting these weird bar jokes. So I, I just got another one in the mail the other day. It's crazy that people still... I guess that'll be on my tombstone. Kangaroo walks into a bar. So that that should be on your tombstone. You should make sure. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, we don't have to talk about that uh, at all for a while. But um, so so when you got the news that you're going to get the Mackie Baron and you're going to be at Infocom this year's Infocom will be in uh, Las Vegas. It's exactly four weeks from today. The show starts. Um, if you want more information on the show, go to infocomshow.org. Uh, when you when you heard you're going to get the Mackie, and you knew Mackie Barron personally, so you're going to get the Mackie Barron Distinguished Achievement Award, 
What went through your mind at that moment? Oh, I was thinking, how can I ever uphold uh, uphold that? Um, Mackie and Debbie Sauceville from Infocom and I used to go to dinner right across from the convention center uh, each year. And uh, to be getting an award with his name on it is just uh, an honor I could never have imagined. And sort of thought that uh, you know I was going to retire and slip off into oblivion, and uh, that was about it. But then all of a sudden, the award uh Letter shows up and uh, get all these calls and letters and you know every day I'm I'm opening up twenty or or so emails of people saying hey congrats we'll be there so hopefully we won't overwhelm the center stage but uh, I was just really honored to get it really honored that it's named after him and try to uphold his legacy so I told my kids uh, about the award they said were well, you going to cut off your ponytail right I grew a ponytail after <laughs> I left Harmon and uh, I said. You know, last time I looked at Mackie Barron, he had a ponytail for at least the last five years I knew him. So I think I'll keep the ponytail in his honor. So, Well, our industry was started by a I'm bunch of to. people with ponytails, so that's uh, not going to be a problem. Um, so this is well, not the award. I was nominated by a few of them with ponytails. Yeah, so. Exactly. And this is, by the way, this is not the first award that you've been given by uh, Infocom slash Avixa. In fact, you've been given... Uh, the highest honor in education as well. Talk about that and what you felt like getting that award. Well, that was another one of those days when I was just, wow. Uh, one of the first guys I met in Bloomington, Indiana, was a guy sitting in the frangipani room by the name of Fred Dixon who could design any system in the world. Uh, and um, he, Fred finally left us, and they renamed the Lifetime Achievement Award in Education after Fred, so it's now the Fred Dixon Award, and it's going this year to another good good buddy by the name of Scott Scherer, and um, and before that I got the Educator of the Year Award, which is a yearly award. So it's been a a long and, uh, and, and sort of wonderful career I've had, and it's been a long 47 years, but I think uh, I achieved everything I can achieve. Well, the, the Fred Dixon Award, Service Award uh, in Education, has only been around about, I, I don't know exactly the number, but maybe 20 years. So there's, that's a very small club of people. As you said, the name was changed a few years ago to honor him and his passing. Uh, but this, it, yeah. was, it used to be called the, 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 like the Distinguished Achievement in Education Award or something like that. Um, yeah, um, there's like seven of us now. I nominated Alan Braun last year, and he got it. And now Scott's going to get it this year. So I think that brings it to eight. So that's only been around. Okay. And it, it's not given every single year. Uh, it's only given no, when they feel not. like they should. And so that's kind of a cool thing. And then of course you were given, you know, the, the educator of the year award, which is the the highest I've ever gotten. So I've got a long way to go to catch up with you. <laughs> so, uh, the, the educator of the year award was, uh, you got that uh, probably been at least 10 or so years, hadn't it? Yeah. I was back in 99 longer okay. than that. So. Yeah. So almost 20 years. Um, yep. so, um, yeah, so I have a couple of questions for you. So you're retired, but you're not really retired. I, I've heard that you're uh, you're actually working for some schools down there, and you're helping them with AV. You can't get out of this industry. <laughs> well, that's true. Unfortunately, uh, I do spend a few nights a, a month uh, sitting behind a production console at one of the local school districts having their school board meeting, and uh, happens to be a school district that I converted from standard def to high def a few years ago and nobody could figure out their production switcher and the guy who was sort of running it uh left and they said uh hey how about 25 bucks an hour to come work for us and since my wife runs the place i said sure why not <laughs> so <laughs> so that's what i do a few nights a week a month excuse me and uh, uh that's that's about it so you know do you than, do uh, do you fish do you gamble do you drink i mean what else do you do 
Well, I drink. I have two grandkids up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so I go up and see them at least once a month. And I've got, uh, you know, lots of friends. We have a little weekend cabin in the woods. I've been uh, elected president of that organization a little over a year ago and been doing some marketing for that. And uh, My desk is covered worse than it's ever been, so I don't know what all I'm doing, but it's, it's, it's occupying a lot of my time. So. And is there anything you miss about coming to Infocom every year? I miss the people. That's all I miss is the people. The the work was good, but the work was work, and uh, I can leave all that behind, but I still miss the people, and I still t- stay in contact with a bunch of them. In fact, this, uh, this award has given me a chance to touch base with a lot of folks that I've known for, you know, 40 years. Uh, there's a bunch of people still out there, so um, I've made reconnected with some of those guys, and uh, and it's been a, a good time, so... Well, I, I really appreciate you joining uh, us today. And, and on a personal note, um, there there were a bunch of you may not even remember all this, but there were a bunch of times where um, students would ask me questions because I did teach at the institute as well, and I didn't know the answer. And and Mike always seemed to know, especially as things went from analog to digital. Mike always seemed to know. You always seemed to know the answers to those. Or if you didn't, you'd find the right person to get those answers. So that network of uh, relationships really paid off for you and, and not only helped you, but also helped me. And also want to pre- I also want to say thank you for being so supportive of letting a young kid get into that group at Bloomington. Uh, <laughs> that last year it was in Bloomington because it, it was the, the first time I was ever there to teach at the Institute. It was clear, clear that there was this club of guys and uh, women who had been going for years and, uh, and, and that can be intimidating, you know, to be a, the new person on the block, but you guys were amazingly welcoming. I had, a, we had a great time. I, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, honored to have been part of that. And, uh, I'm, I'm excited for you to get this award. I think that it's more than well-deserved and probably long overdue, but to have it, to get it at a time that it's named after Mackie, uh, has got to be an honor. So congratulations. Yeah. Well, thanks Gary. Did you ever get a CMS pin? You know, when I first got in the industry, it was still called CMS, and uh, I don't think they had any CMS pins left. So, no, I did not. Uh, yeah, oh, so. well, I, I still have mine. I'll see if I can wear it to the show. But, uh, yeah, that was one thing we did was uh, a few of us looked at um, our certification guy, Lou Danny, one day and said, hey, Lou, why don't we uh, get this thing certified and call it something real? So we created the CTS, and, uh, and that's, uh, again, what a legacy that I'm proud to leave with the organization because I thought we should have some way of recognizing people that had reached a certain level in their career. And of course we've added the D and, uh, and all the, the I and all the others. <laughs> in fact, we've done away with a few that we created. So, uh, we used to have more CTSs than we have now, but anyway, that was a, that was a nice thing. And of course the other thing I was real proud of was, uh, finally reviving the old Wadsworth book. Of course, somebody needs to come back in and redo it again now. So. Yeah. In fact, uh, speaking of that, there's a quick story I want to tell that you told me earlier, and that is that you talked about redoing the production suite for your school district. Uh, you, this is a true story. I don't want you to say brands, but but uh, <laughs> you, you literally switched out a five hundred half million dollar system with one yeah. that cost you how much? Forty-seven grand. Forty-seven thousand. So half million dollars. How long ago did you install that half million dollar system? Right at. 16 years. So 16 years later, changed to 47,000. So next time you go and you're sitting in that Apple store looking at that product at Best Buy and you're thinking, man, that thing's expensive. <laughs> if you'll wait 16 years, the price is bound to come down. 
<laughs> That's correct. How that device wouldn't even be needed anymore. We'll just do it with our brain and the chip inside. So, yeah, yeah, yep. it's going to be a pretty wild ride. So everybody, just hang on for it. So, <laughs> well, Mike, thank you very much. I appreciate it, and I appreciate everyone listening to this special edition of my Rants and Rays podcast. As I said, uh, he's going to be honored at inf- at Infocom at the Infocom Show. You can get more information at infocomshow.org. Uh, they have a center stage where they're going to give all the award winners their awards. I'll, I'll, um, I'll link information on all of that to this podcast. And Mike, uh, thank you very much for joining me and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you, Gary. You take care. Thank you very much, everyone. Thanks for listening.